Hey everyone, Justin here with Hunt Link by Service Side. I am joined on the mic today by Grant Fisher, and also we are with Hunter Ferrier of Spring Legion. What is going on, fellas? Hey man, how y'all doing? I'm doing pretty good. Well, I definitely appreciate both of y'all jumping on. Uh, Hunter, it's been a few months since we last talked. But we wanted to get you on, kind of catch up, see what's going on. I'd seen, you know, I've been seeing you on socials a little bit lately. New book, new book coming out or out now, and um, just kind of wanted to catch up. So, what's kind of been going on since we last talked in May? Since May, a lot has gone on, but it's a lot been uh, spent in office, kind of uh, worrying with that book. Um, so it, it's ninety to nothing. It seems like some days, and then some days you just gotta honor the writer's block and. And hanging up for a few hours and you can't force anything with stuff like that and um between that and, and running spring legion and everything uh new baby girl um been tending to and it's a it's a whole new world i wouldn't have it any differently and it's um it's a it's a bunch of learning going on on, on <laughs> near about every aspect of parenthood and fatherhood and um as well as you know small business stuff figuring stuff out left and right and then uh, I'm definitely not a, a professional author. I've written one book before this one, and this one I thought was going to go a little smoother when it came to uh, figuring out margins and, and formats and stuff like that. But of course, you know, I have no idea where uh, where any of those flashcards with all the, the preset templates and stuff like that are. It's probably where I left uh, last left my uh, sandpaper and, and box stall and stuff like that, where I also can't remember where those are at. Um, <laughs> But uh, time has kind of just slipped by. It seems like yesterday was May, and then now we're uh, we're kind of looking into the light of turkey season as we speak. Yeah, I definitely feel like we just. I mean, it really doesn't feel like it's been that long. But when you look back, it's it's so much as so much as happened. So you pretty much had to start start from scratch with the second one, then, huh? Yeah, and that's funny. I was talking about Stanton the other day. I know y'all had him on, and and I was, he was kind of relating writing to you know the music world and you know it's kind of chapters compiling a book like an album and stuff like that and it's kind of one of those things he could kind of relate like the, the first one and all that stuff like you kind of you, you said what you wanted to say so now you gotta you gotta say it again <laughs> you know say something else so it's like right. well if i could have thought of this on the first one i'd have added it in there but obviously you know either this hasn't happened yet or there's something had happened in between and um it's um it's one of those things. This one was a little different, um, a different kind of outlook. Um, it was in you know it was written in memoriam to my son William, who uh, passed away six uh, six days after he was born in um, last March. So I um, wanted to do something special for that, and make sure that uh, his name would be recognized and remembered long after I'm gone, even. Um, so I wanted to kind of compile some stories and lessons and stuff like that that um, that I that I kind of held on to for some odd years and, and put it in a, and put it in writing and put it out there and published work and stuff like that. And I think it, it turned out pretty good. It's kind of along the lines of a, a ballad of a turkey hunter. And um, it, it's going to be kind of a, an equal proportion of stories to, um, to, to some how-to woodsmanship stuff and, and just a bunch of, you know, some philosophy stuff kind of mental illustrations of a turkey hunter during the month of spring. That's why it's called any given spring morning. I think it kind of could apply to, to everything. Um, Still have ADD, so it's still all over the place. <laughs> it's, just, it's not. There's no end of. Uh, there's no once upon a time all the way to the end kind of plot. Each chapter hops back and forth, so um, that, that didn't change at all. But uh, but I, I think I think folks are gonna like this. It's, it's a it's a feasible read. It's not necessarily a, a quick read. It's about 120 130 pages. So it's something you can sit down and read one time, or, or break it into halves or quarters if you really want to. Well, you know, it sounds like, uh, you know, you definitely wrote it in a turkey hunter's mindset then, if it's, if it's all over the place. Oh, yeah. Right. Yep. Nothing, nothing seems to go just perfect fashion in a turkey hunter's mind. I think everybody's got a little bit of that um, shiny object syndrome when it comes to gobbles or states to hunt or, you know, all the way down to your occupation, I guess. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so are you, are you interested in, con are you going to continue you know, writing, or did you kind of want to, are you going to kind of leave it on a high note with this one, or have you re really thought about that? Uh, yeah, I thought about it. Um, it depends on the day. Um, if I've been, if I, I, I really, and I mean, it's honestly, I haven't 
with the exception of these past probably few days, once everything was good with the printers, I don't think I went to bed before 4.30 a.m. for like two, two and a half months maybe at least because I knew it was getting kind of nitty-gritty time. I had to get this out. Um, if you had asked me about 3.15 on one of those mornings, the answer would be no, this is it. This is the last one. I don't even care how this one turns out. It's good. This is it. If I wouldn't have mentioned it before, this probably wouldn't even happen. But, um, but now that it's all said and done, like, you know, I'm already starting to think about possibly another one. And, and this one, the, the reason it took so long was because I kind of looked down. I think I have that. I mean, I, I initially, you know, in April, you know, about a week or so after William passed away, I wanted to make sure I did something in memoriam for him. Um, if not, I don't know about it. 300 might be the only thing I've wrote. You know, might have just left it at that. Might write some articles here and there and, and let it ride. Um, but um, but that that kind of sparked it. And then I didn't really get around to writing any of it until at least July. You know, it was turkey season and stuff like that. And and I and I just kept kind of with the same uh, same kind of a I, I don't call it a strategy because I still don't really know what I'm doing. But I'm um, just writing to write and, and, and getting what the, the words you want out there on, on the paper and start saving them. Um, and I look down, I have like 300-something pages worth. And I'm like, well, I got to edit this thing, and I'm not going to edit this for season. <laughs> um, so uh, so cut, pretty much cut it in half. So there, there's technically another book out there that just has to be edited for, for another one if I ever want to. But, you know, it's one of those things. I tried to tie in some of the high notes into some of these chapters and blend a little bit. So it'll – need a little reconstructing if it ever comes down to it but i'd say in the future I, i'll probably give it a while though um just to kind of compile a few more stories and things like that and um but there's there's kind of like a, a beauty in the in writing as a young author you know I, um, well i mean i say young i just turned 30 so ballad of trickering came out a couple of years ago and um some of the things that i would be dogmatic on i wonder if something will happen in the woods that might change my mind or, or prove me wrong. I like being proved wrong because that means, you know, there's something to be learned there. Um, so it'd be cool to have, I, I don't really get embarrassed or anything like that. If I'm wrong, I'll admit it. So, so if I see something that I wrote a while back, say it was a, a caption or, or any kind of journal entry or something that the turkeys do this. And then I'll think back like, well, I didn't know it yet, but they don't always do that. So um, <laughs> that'll be kind of cool to see kind of the, the progression of that. As hopefully I, I look back when I'm, 65 and there's a couple books in between that to kind of you know highlight and hit on different different uh, aspects of turkey hunting and, and just life in general as well yeah and i know after as good as about a turkey hunter deal with your name being mentioned in some with tom kelly and gene nunner old pro i'm sure this one will be just as good and i know you got it on pre-sale so for people that might be wanting to order it after hearing about it tell them real quick where they can find them at yeah you can uh, you can find it at springlegion.com which is uh the the kind of apparel company and the brand of trick hunting stuff that I run and um, that's the only place it's going to release at will be at Spring Legion it's going to release on February 5th so if you're hearing this after February 5th it will have already been released and uh, the pre-orders are kind of to reserve a, 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 an original copy of the first run of 1000 that are printed which are as we speak being printed I got a, a video yesterday evening of, of from the print press over in Mississippi and they're they're pumping them out, so it's, it's just happening. And uh, hopefully, I think we still kind of rig up all the logistics. So my, my middle brother, who still lives there, will, will wind up stuffing his camper shell full of them, probably like he does shirts and hats that are um, produced in Mississippi and, and take a six-hour drive to Georgia, bring them here. And then, um, yep, he'll bring them here, drop them off on Monday. And uh, hopefully, my buddy Seals, who also kind of co-hosts the podcast with Chase and myself, will uh will help us ship them out us three and um and then we got to hop in the truck and head to auburn alabama on wednesday so we'll be doing a live podcast there on the i think it's the 8th february 8th so it's gonna be a lot jammed into one week ship all these pre-orders out and then come back regroup for nwtf convention in nashville which is going to be a whirlwind in itself so um but but that's a good kind of whirlwind that means search season's coming up Oh yeah, for sure. You know, are you, uh, that actually is a great segue into some Turkey talk here. Are you ramped up or are you coming down to Florida in March? Say that one more time. It kind of broke up. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just asking if you were ramped up and, uh, if you're coming down to Florida in March. Well, I got another baby on the way in March. So, um, right smack dab in the middle of it. So I don't know if I'll be able to make Florida this year. It might be a little later on. depends on when she pops out, but, um, 
as of now, I know Steels and Chase will be down there opening weekend of the North Zone, I guess, the March 19th, 22nd range or whatever that, that usually opens, which I've gone the past two years, and I love I love it down there. Um, I don't I, – it, it's up in the air, which like most of my plans are, so it, it could definitely <laughs> still happen. Yeah, I mean, it's not too, too far of a drive, so, I mean – It's really – it's about five hours. So yeah, not, so like, weekend opens up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a couple of places I hunt in Georgia, and it's the same deal. It's like a weekend opens up, and you're like, okay, boom. I'm hitting this, grabbing this hotel or sleeping in the truck, whatever. So, <clears throat> but oh yeah, but no, I'm I'm definitely ramped up. Don't you worry. I think, <laughs> I think this year a little more than last year. I had I'd gotten married uh, in the November prior to last turkey season, and, and was moving a bunch of stuff and transferring the business and all kinds of good stuff. And that was a little hectic. And I just kind of looked up, and it was you know turkeys had probably been gobbled for two days. And I'm like, what in the world? When did we get here? Um, so uh, it's kind of one of those things this year. I've had uh, a little time to, to think about it and tried to try my best not to let the writing about turkey hunting kind of make me numb to the adrenaline that I find when, you know, kind of just mind starts drifting off to them. Um, so it, it's kind of, it didn't. So, so I'm, I'm definitely ramped up and, and starting to keep an eye out for certain flowers and stuff. I see that bloom right before, you know, things kind of really start kicking on and starting to notice a few here and there and, and hearing a few songbirds that I hadn't heard in a while. And, it's really uh kind of gets the blood flowing, you know. Oh, for sure, they're thundering here right now. They're already they're already calling in the woods. I mean, they usually do this time of year, and then you know, honestly, I see that most of the hens are on the nest in March. So, uh, they're that we've already been out a couple of times. I was actually out duck hunting uh, a couple weekends ago, and I heard one thundering off, and I was like, oh man, I'm about to turn this duck hunt into a scouting trip real quick. Oh kinda yeah. Look around, see why he's over here and what he's doing. Um, but yeah, uh, Grant's actually coming down this year. I, I drew a pretty good quota uh, and only 35 people get it, 30, 35 people get it. So Grant's going to come down here and we're going to try to tackle it. It's, it's a pretty good swamp area. Um, you know, the birds are definitely going to give us a run, but it's, it's going to be a good challenge for sure. Heck yeah. Yeah. I, I got a special place in my heart for Florida. I do love hunting, you know, down that way. It's just, uh, it's, it's kind of, I lived in New Orleans for a year and there's only one place in the world like New Orleans. And there's only one place you can hunt turkeys like Florida and it's Florida. Anywhere else is kind of, it's a little different everywhere else. It's always different, it seems. I don't know. It's just something about, I I think what throws me for a loop is like just seeing a bird in ankle deep water. Like I've seen turkeys like walking through and you just, you grew up in, I grew up in Western Virginia. So it was always turkeys don't jump over fences. Turkeys don't cross water. Turkeys don't cross creeks. And I'm over here looking at a bird standing in water and I'm sitting here like this is the most wild thing I've ever seen. There's an asterisk that says, unless you're in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> unless you're in Florida, yep. So, Hunter, we talked a little bit about the book, a little bit about season. Kind of wanted to jump into uh, a topic. You, you may talk a lot about this. I'm not really too sure, but... Um, we had a few people in the club that wanted us to kind of bring up uh, kind of what you thought about what the state of turkey hunting's kind of looking like. Um, I know you've been real busy with the with the family and the in the uh, business and stuff, but are you still kind of following close with with what's happening and and what's kind of your viewpoint on that? You talking about turkey hunters or turkey the turkey population? Uh, okay. You know, in most of the country. Yeah, I mean, I, I try to keep as close of an island as I can, you know, like the next guy. Um, it's kind of one of those things. I don't care how busy I become. I'm, I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm a turkey hunter before I'm, I own a business or an altar or anything like that. So it's kind of in the forefront. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do this if it weren't for turkey hunting and turkeys. So it's kind of one of those things that if there's, if I'm filled up 23 hours a day, you know, it will never be 24 because at least one's going to be thinking about turkeys or turkey hunting one. And, um, it's, it's very important to stay in the loop, obviously. I mean, I think that's that's not even the minimum. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely something that you know everybody's keeping an eye on, which is a, a good thing uh, that that folks are at least cognitive of, of what's going on around them. I think um, I think it's been numbers, data, all that stuff shows that you know turkey populations are declining, um, and I don't know the the necessarily the the patterns or the, the dips that they naturally take over, you know, several decades worth of a, uh, 
not a trial, but a um, kind of a period in time, a range, I guess you'd say. Um, I, I mean, I've seen different takes on it. Um, I, I definitely think it is real and it is happening, nonetheless, not to discredit that. Um, but I think it's um, it, it, it's stuff we can do to fix it, and stuff we can't do to fix it. And I think a lot of th- a lot of times people want to kind of pinpoint to one certain thing, and that's never going to happen. I don't think it. You know, if we do all the habitat in the world and don't take care of nest predators, it's there's there's a there's a uh, an inch to be gained. I guess you could say there's there's stuff we can still do. The same as vice versa, we catch every nest predator in the world, and the whole world is a, a prior ticket. You know, it, it don't really matter. Um, you got to do a little bit of everything, and, and there's a lot of stuff going on when it comes to just uh, learning. I think a lot of folks are taking the steps needed to be taken in terms of um, um, teaching, I guess you'd say, by also learning. I, I know, like, I mean, you talk about Dr. Mark Chamberlain, um, Marcus Lashley, he was just on our podcast talking about burning and, and educating others about how to burn, and they're doing like he's doing this, you know, a free. Um, a free burning course is not necessarily going to get you certified to burn, but you can learn pretty much all you need to know about burning on there through the University of Florida and stuff like that, and just kind of volunteering time and effort towards the turkey. It's not necessarily, you know, they're, they're not making money off a lot of this. So it's um it's just a bunch of good-hearted people informing others, and I have a lot of questions that I, I research, and, and Google. Google will tell you a lot of stuff, but it'll tell you a lot of wrong stuff, too. So you got to kind of yeah, pick your sources yeah, accordingly sure. and, and – um, I've asked Dr. Chamberlain some personal questions of like, is this is this really happening, or is this you know being pulling up? You know, like, yeah, no, it's, I mean, this is a pretty big deal, you know. Um, and I think um, I am optimistic in folks being cognitive of it that that it is a real thing, and folks are out there doing what they can, and that um, minds are open to fixing problems. So I think there is one thing that turkey hunters kind of sharing common more than anything else and that's a passion towards the bird and passion towards hunting them so i have very little doubt in my mind that if it ever came down to it and folks needed to just put the work boots on put the gun in the corner for a second and let's get this thing back to where it needs to be i would rather turkey hunters be in my corner than any other realm if that makes sense um i think uh you know together a lot of folks can, can accomplish a lot and, and being cognitive of it and um and i think uh if more people, myself included, would be a little more willing to participate in the data part. I know, like, I can see how the word data, the word research, stuff like that kind of turns people off. They want to see, like, sweat being, you know, sweaty shirts and, and folks doing work and, and and getting the, you know, moving trees and, and clearing stuff and burning stuff and doing traps and stuff like that, which is obvious. I mean, that's the meat and potatoes of fixing anything. It's going to be the actual labor part but um it is important to know what is going on um you know what what is needed more not more frequently more urgently than the next and um and making sure that we're doing all of it as well as making sure we're doing kind of allocating the time accordingly as to what could uh best benefit the bird and and participating in how many you're seeing all these surveys there's a ton of surveys out there that I i did a lot this past year more than i've ever done and i know there's still probably I, that was probably a, a, a drop in the bucket of how many I could have done. So I, that's kind of my goal this year is to kind of look ahead um, before the season, get, get as many surveys as I can together, just to just to send in what I saw. Because I do happen to be in a position where I do get to see a, a good bit of morning in the spring woods, and, and you know, for what it's worth, might be uh, might help some some uh, agencies and stuff like that out. As you know. Yeah. My, if I send something in, might have changed in the past three years, or they can at least get a rejection on on some stuff that's going on. If everybody does that, I think you know you kind of all kind of are all working towards the same goal when you when you just provide some feedback. Oh, for sure, and I think that's the direction he went with that question when he asked. It was you know you being out there as much as you are, and you know that was definitely a great answer. And I mean, our per- turkey populations are crazy down here right now where I'm at. They're just they're so crazy because everyone's done gone into you know, nest hunting, you know, predator nest hunting, they've, everyone's kind of taken, you know, we have our own separate turkey plot, um, you know, where they come out and it's a transition between some farms. So it it seems like a lot of people started caring about the turkeys, at least in our general county, you know, in our area. And uh, they're crazy. You got, I was telling Grant not too long ago, I was like, you got a better chance of hitting a turkey on the side of the road than you do a deer down here. You know, that's, that's what you see. It's just so many um, but it seemed a lot of people took a 
you know, just a love to them. And um, I know I talk to a lot of farmers that they just they take care of them just to take care of them to get the populations up. And then Florida has, um, you know, you can get FWC down there and they'll release turkeys in certain areas to get the population up. Mm-hmm. And then sharing the information, you know, something it's it, I get what you're saying with the, the sweat equity, but, you know, the numbers, you know, numbers don't lie. You know, numbers tell a story and getting that data out there is definitely what's going to help because, you know, no offense, but if our our spot's doing great, we don't need to put a ton, ton of work. We just need to maintain that effort can be put towards somewhere that's not doing so well. So um, it definitely is, right. you know, each area is different. And you have to know your area, what's going on with your, like they run dogs here. I think that's a huge reason why our turkey yeah. population's up because think about it for, you know, our season goes out at the end just now. It just went out on the 28th or 29th. So they've been running dogs until then. Okay, March 5th is the first day of turkey season. So you get a month in between. A lot of predators aren't really jumping right back to where they just got ran mm-hmm. out of. Um, you know, after a couple months they are. But I think that's a huge, a huge reason since they run so many dogs around here. You kind of really kind of bundle kind of what I was trying to get out of my mind there um, with um, just best allocation of resources, whether it be labor, money, time, uh, data, all that good stuff. You know, if, if we're if we're donating stuff, which we try to do a bunch of conservation efforts, you know, through different projects we have every spring, whether it be a collaboration with um, a call company, a collaboration with, uh, uh, we, do, we do one pretty much every year. I, I need to holler at him with Gary with Muscle Bloodline, and we do uh, like a, a benefits and, all the proceeds will go to wild turkey research or something like that. Um, but it, it, if they don't know where to send it, it's kind of one of those things like they, they're still humans. They know what, you know, their, their classes and their, um, their students and, and their, I don't know if they have interns, but whatever they're called, um, that, that, that get out there and, and kind of help them with the research and stuff like that. They just know that area. And it's, um, I'm sure it's a big help to just, to just get it, get feedback on where, Hey, you know, y'all might want to check this this county out because uh, I'm, I'm not seeing any anymore or something like that. You right. know, um, and they might need to be not putting the pumping the money into something that, that's going to marginally help it when they could do for the same cost or the same effort for the same man hours something that could you know exponentially help a, a, an area right next to it. Um, so just uh, I think that's a, a big uh, something to keep in. The back of my mind this upcoming year is to is to be a lot more willing and, a lot, and keep eyes open looking for opportunities to uh help out when i can if nothing more than uh surveys and and, and feedback did you see a pretty good hatch in your area of georgia last year i know most people i've talked to said they saw a pretty good number of poults this spring i did i don't have any private land around here um yeah. but and i and it's weird because i like i wake up and I, I walk downstairs and there's a big you know wide open pretty much a basement that I run a lot of the stuff out of. And, and so I don't, aside from driving to the post office, at least, you know, once a morning, sometimes twice a day, I haven't seen a ton of pulse between there, but, uh, but I have gotten to travel a little bit just back in Mississippi and stuff. And I'll take some back roads and stuff like that. And I've seen, um, more than I did last year. If that makes any sense. So, um, I, I did make a couple of loops looking for them. And, um, and both of them, I want to say both times I saw pulse, very close to here and places I could hunt was I think it was over six each time one was like seven and one was like one was six and one was seven I want to say and they were obviously two different groups they were far enough apart but um that was pretty reassuring I don't remember when that was I think that was around June or so yeah they seem to do pretty good here this year I saw a lot both the past two years seem to have pretty good hats so hopefully the numbers will yeah start I think up. From what I've gathered from other folks who, who can hit the roads a lot harder than I can, um, the past two years have been good, and I think that was very much needed. Um, and, and, like, you know, it's one of those things that is a, is a dip in turkey to, uh, populations. Could that, how can we turn a, that into a blessing? If that, if that opens a bunch of people's eyes, and then all of a sudden you catch two, you know, kind of a break. You know, when it comes to hatches in a row and people are already cognitive of, you know, kind of what they do and, and you know, maybe a couple of self-imposed limitations have been uh, have been set for, for the sake of the bird, you know, that could turn. I mean, the ship can be turned around pretty quick, I feel like, as long as it don't get too, too low, if that makes any sense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely important, I feel like, to, to like definitely know your area or at least have a, you know, an inside something, inside knowledge of places you go because... 
you know, each area is, is so different. I mean, like, they jumped our, you know, the quota was two birds a season, and it's four now. Um, you know, they've, they've, they doubled it. Um, so, but also, like you said, I mean, the, the ship can turn around real fast. You know, if everybody's out there tagging out and they're four birds, you know, it's, I feel like it's definitely, oh, yeah. you know, but, it, you know, just push things in obviously a different direction. Um, but, you know, the population, I mean, you can see it. It's one of those things where you'll see it and then it seems like the numbers change. You know, I've seen a huge turkey population in the last couple of years and then they give us two extra birds, you know, so. And it's, it's, it's one of those, you know, I've always kind of had a, not necessarily self-imposed, just regulation, but I, I, I would try really hard not to take two birds on the same place because I've done that before. Mississippi's uh, limit is three, and I killed all three within about probably a half a mile radius of each other, and it was not fun hunting the next couple of years. <laughs> um, it, I saw it firsthand what happens when you do that because I, I killed three right there, and this was we had a little deer camp. And, um, I mean, I was probably 19 or so, 18, 19. I don't know if I was in college or high school, but uh, I think both of my brothers at least killed one not far away from there. And it was, you know, it was kind of one of those things like you think of yourself and you think it's only three, but you, you kind of forget about the others around. And, you know, with somebody else limits out, I mean, you're taking eight birds off of a, of a 16th section. It's, uh, you, you'll see the, 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 the effect, if that makes any sense. And that was a very humbling you know, kind of something to witness. I don't, I don't know if we wind up having to get out of there after about two years. And I don't, I don't remember hearing like one or two more after that. And they, neither were on our place. And it was just one of those, like, if I hear one, I'll hunt him. But if, if he's not on our place, I know, I kind of know why that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense for sure. So, you, oh, I'm sorry. You got Go much preseason scouting you have time to do, or what would you suggest for people trying to get out and set themselves up for a successful spring this time of year? That's crazy you mentioned that because I, I, it just kind of reminded me that it's February. It's time to do that. <laughs> um, it's here. Um, yeah. Uh, snuck up on me again. <laughs> Every but, um, time, man. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but no, what I like to do, especially because last year was a little bit different because I lived in a new area instead of like kind of might be hunting a new area, um, which I, I kind of own the ground that's beneath my feet at the time, and that's it. So I don't really have any consistency on where I'm going to be hunting. So I, I do kind of rely <laughs> pretty heavily on public land and stuff like that um but what i would like i like to do is i did it a good bit last year i'm gonna have to do it again this year um during these months just kind of taking public land for example i'll, I'll spend my time doing some due diligence type stuff um familiarizing myself with uh with huntable acreage if that makes any sense what is a rabbit patch and what is a uh, open hardwoods because maps change between um between uh, your last update on whatever you're using as a map and the uh, current situation of that area. And I've learned that the hard way many times that, um, that what you can see the dang pine needles on the ground of a place from the satellite image and you get out there and at dark and you go park at a gate and walk in there on the gravel road or something like that. And you look to your sides once it starts getting daylight and it's, you know, it's hitting high briars everywhere. You know, it's just, it's been, Three or four years since they last updated that imagery, and you didn't know that until right now. Now you are half a mile into it, and um, so I try to do stuff like that: put boots on the ground, lay eyes on places, and then another kind of thing that I would really find um, pretty beneficial. One of those things I don't really like doing, but I like having done is um, is going through a marking closed gates, open gates, undrivable roads, stuff like that. A little closer to the season, not necessarily here in February, but. Um, probably two weeks before the season if um if i can get out and kind of see uh see some see some opportune routes i could might take once the season does open if that makes any sense so i don't get halfway you know into a, a whole wma and, and realize that oh this doesn't go all the way through now you have to drive back out and drive back around find the interstate and come in the other way to get to where i was planning on going if i didn't hear a bird here so i'm just kind of knowing that putting pins on stuff that are inaccessible and then um as well as accessible it can really pay dividends you know opening a couple of weeks of the season when you're completely unfamiliar with a place yeah and then also to add on to that i went to tennessee last year and didn't pay as much attention to the rigs as you should have that i bought a 
Joey Mays there are only open for certain stretches of time. So we got yes. to a couple of places, and the WMA, we only had one day to hunt before it closed again for the next couple of weeks. So after we got on a bird that day, the next day couldn't go back and hunt them because the place was closed. So paying attention to what mm-hmm. Rick are one place that are open and closed can pay off in the long run. <laughs> yep. I went to, um, I was in Mississippi a couple years ago. Um, and was I wasn't I wasn't around my hometown. I was up in North Mississippi, and there was a place I'd, I'd hunted before, and I wanted to go back and check it out. And it was during turkey season. I had all my turkey stuff with me, um, so I thought, you know, I might need to swing by here and, and check it out. And got all my stuff on. My truck was pretty much already packed. Got my gun and everything, and, and went out there and was expecting to see a lot more trucks. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm driving kind of on through the place, and then I hadn't seen the first truck, and then. Um, I passed by a check-in station, wasn't nothing there, and, you know, this is kind of like a ghost town, and which is very, very odd in public land in Mississippi. Usually, you gotta weave around trucks. You know, if you get there at three o'clock in the morning, you still have to weave around some trucks that have been there since one thirty. Um, it's just it's that competitive nature around there. It's pretty congested, and um, I was like, after after about a, a few minutes, I said, it's, I need to make a U-turn and go check out that uh, pamphlet at the check-in station or whatever they're called at the info board and um, went around and got to looking at the bulletin board using my phone as a flashlight kind of looking and I saw it was like a, 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 a handicap weekend or a youth weekend or something like that and I was like well guess I'll turn this on around I didn't I had no idea I should I should have looked uh, beforehand instead of you know driving the extra hour to get there and everything so uh, didn't hunt that morning. There wasn't. I, don't, I couldn't find anywhere else around there that was even remotely close that I could get to probably before noon. I, I figured it's just best to head on back to Georgia. Yeah, I mean WMAs though they're like that here in Florida. When I first see, I'm I'm from Western Virginia. It was simple. It was the dates that are open are this day to this day. There was mm-hmm. no gray. There was nothing. We we hunted. Um, I guess it'd be national forest and. Uh, land or whatever and uh, that's how it was very simple this day to this day you you couldn't mess it up and then oh I'm sorry and then Thanksgiving which I think they give you Thanksgiving and that Friday now Um, but it was very simple I come down here and it's the WMA that connects to another WMA are completely different one has a lottery one doesn't Um, it took me forever to to figure out the system but then once you're in you're like wow this is the best thing ever um, but when I first moved here, I couldn't understand why I just could not go to public land and hunt. I'm like, why? It's public land. I don't understand why I can't go <laughs> hunt it. Um, it. It makes no sense. The WMA that me and Grant are going to is only open four times a year. Um, for One for a duck hunt, uh, two turkey hunts, and two deer hunts. Um, so, you know, who would have thought that? You know, like, that's just so wild. So, knowing those areas. And that's one thing, the great thing about service side um, you know, we have members in all 50 states. So even if you're wanting to keep that, you know, some people don't want to hunt with other people and that's completely fine. Um, I like to hunt by myself a lot too, but you know, for people that do want to get with other people, it helps, but also it gives you that inside knowledge because you can hit someone up on it and say, Hey, I'm heading to Ohio. You know, I'm not looking for a spot or a pin or anything like that, but I am looking at going to this WMA or this forest and, uh, can anyone give me any, any knowledge? And, you know, there's always somebody that knows something, um, and obviously you take all this with a grain of salt, you know, but yeah. it at least give you a little more perspective. You know, if someone's like, oh, no, like you said, oh, it's close for the youth or for disabled hunt. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of the stuff is hard to find. I mean, it's I read the book sometimes and look on the app, mobile app, and I'm just like, sometimes things kind of clash and some rules will be at one and not the other. And. You know, it, it can get, it can get, you know, and, and the thing about the law is they're not going to be like, oh yeah, we understand, you know, you either follow yeah. it or you don't. That so is, That is your obligation is to, to know what you're doing. And that's a, that's one of those things that if you don't know where you're going, it's kind of, it's kind of definitely kind of hard. If you're planning a trip out to another state and you know, you're going to be going to this place. I, you know, it's pretty easy to, to remember to, to check a bunch of stuff because you're unfamiliar with it. But a place like in that past situation I just mentioned, like I'm familiar with Mississippi's laws because I, I, I spent 30 years there hunting and I know when it opens, when it ends and what days are used and that there's nothing in between. And I've hunted a good bit of the public ground around there and there's never been anything like that. So it was just kind of one of those things like you kind of, not take for granted, but you got kind of got lackadaisical on the uh, following through on, on the, the usual, the the due diligence part of uh, 
of uh, learning up on a place, even if you have been there the year before and the year before that. Uh, things change. Yeah, they, seasons, they, so change. It, they, now, they change. Now I uh, remember. <laughs> we uh, have to check our birds this year, starting this year. You used to not have to. Um, you know, oh, really? and, yeah, and that's something that they, they're not out here, you know, dropping videos and posts and announcing it. It's just one of those things where you read the fine print under this year's regulations and it mm. says, you know, required to fill out a harvest report before it was voluntary. Um, you know, so you're, you're pretty hardcore turkey hunters would, but you know, a lot of people wouldn't. Um, so, you know, there was no way of verifying that and then they jumped it up to four, um, birds and then now they're requiring the um you know the harvest report yeah which is i mean that's always a good thing and that it's it's easy for me to say and i have i've said this to the head biologist and stuff in mississippi is a, a great one why why can we not get a tagging system how do how are we going you know base these um kind of uh action plans off of data that were not positive is true and he you know he, he really explained the process it it takes to get something like that put into place it's so much longer than i thought and i'm sure everybody else thinks that it's not just a an overnight kind of deal they, they can't just uh, start something like that anything that involves laws and legislation and stuff like that and there's so many loopholes to jump through and stuff like that which is and that's when he really stressed like I don't think everybody realizes how important it is just the voluntary surveys and stuff like that. And obviously these game checks, which is mandatory in Mississippi now, but, um, but just hearing back is, is so important because until all these loopholes, I'm not loopholes, all these uh, hoops get jumped through in these, uh, in the, the processes of, of making it mandatory to tag something or something like that, we're kind of out there dry. We're, we're banking a lot of stuff off of what we do here. And that's the only way you can. Um, so the more the merrier, and it's, it's pretty critical how married it is when oh, it comes down sure. to uh, what they're what they're able to kind of the insight they're able to get. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know that that it's important. It's important. You can't just can't just guess. Guesswork doesn't do anything. Like you said, it takes a long time to get those. I mean, it's two in the fall, two in the spring, but it's still. I mean, there was a lot of fall birds taken down here this year that I don't normally see. So um, I don't know if it's because the law jumped up or what, but. Um, it was it was definitely good to see, but they did take away uh, being able to take hens. So you used to be able to take hens in the fall, and they they nixed that. Yes, yeah, and it's, it's one of the things. Like I mean, laws are laws, and it's one. Like I have zero desire to shoot a hen no more than I have a zero desire to shoot a Jake. I want there to be more turkeys, and you know that's not necessarily the ones I'm after. So it's kind of some states allow it. I grew up until I was probably 25. I thought nowhere was it was legal to shoot a Jake. I'd see someone post a picture for Jake, and I'm like, are they? out of their mind like you know what is going like they know they're going to see this and and you're a person of influence out here shooting a jake like this is not this is not going to end well obviously you know somebody that works for an agency is going to see this and then right. i kind of can realize like that's just just mississippi is illegal i mean not just mississippi but you know that's not the case everywhere else some places you know allow you to shoot a jake yeah well ours just say bearded they just have to be bearded it's really yep it says uh bearded turkey it's very very black and white there it's just bearded turkey anything with a beard and we've had a few bearded hens down here but it's it's bearded turkey and um, they did up it so it's definitely looking good but uh we'll we'll kind of see how things play out because this is the first year that that started so i i keep very detailed uh like i guess you could say logs of of every time i'm in the turkey woods so we'll kind of compare of what it's been yeah. like these last five years compared to these next five and kind of see what it what it's looking like and then grant will get to get a little taste of it in a couple couple more weeks so do you have anything in the in the cards here of i know you said you kind of were tentatively planning things is there any particular states you're definitely hitting this year though nothing is definitely i mean you can ask me in april where i'm going oh you ask me on the 15th where i'm going on the 19th and i don't know um, but I'm going somewhere probably, and um, it, it all depends on a bunch of different different things going on. And, and I'm just a terrible planner. Uh. That's why <laughs> my buddy who helps with the business a lot is a great planner. We we kind of contrast each other perfectly. What he is very good at, I'm very lousy at, and kind of vice versa. So, um, which is, is is really good. He he plans a lot of stuff that we're going to do together. I got um, you. And uh, I know I want to say we're, we're pretty pretty set on making a north northeastern swing 
um, at some point. I want to, I, I live, you know, not too far from South Carolina right now, and I kick myself for not going out there and uh, killing some of Grant's turkeys. But, um, <laughs> but, um, oh, no, I'm kidding. But, uh, <laughs> but I definitely want to, I want to hit the East Coast and then, um, or not, I pretty much just South and North Carolina and then, um, they would like to, to head up to Pennsylvania and then upstate New York and, uh, you know, stuff like that. I have been to Virginia before and it was, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Virginia's but I want nice, I want to keep on going, keep driving North from there. Well, I, I don't mind sharing some, uh, lands with you. I mean, I haven't been in these spots in over 10 years, but when I was growing up, I used to hit these spots, um, over in the national forest lands. And I mean, they're, you get out there, man, you don't want to leave. It's, it's, a, you know, it's, that's one of the states that you can only hunt them till 12. So I don't know if it's changed, but you'd have to check it out. But I, th- I thought it was one of the states you can only hunt them till 12 o'clock. But I tell you what, it's beautiful, big woods too, real big woods. You can get out there and, you know, most, I, I even growing up, I didn't see, you'd see a vehicle here and there, but they were usually pretty hardcore. And once you talk to them, you kind of go back to back, you know, opposite ways and, um, you know, everyone was pretty cordial and stuff, but yeah, if you're hitting Virginia, definitely get up in those, you know, in the Appalachian mountains for sure. There's mm-hmm. some, you know, national forest up through there. Man, it, it is beautiful that way. You, uh, was it last year you got Kansas something that you made it out west or swing in May? Yeah, I went, um, I was actually headed to either Wisconsin or Colorado. And wound up in Kansas because um, I was I was planning on going to um, uh, I wasn't really sure I think I, I think the initial plan was to go to Wisconsin I was uh, texting back and forth with some of the hunting public guys who were headed over that way and um, that was when I learned about zones and stuff um, that that just that you have to have a specific zone and everything which is different up in Iowa Wisconsin Michigan stuff like that so. Um, I've hunted a lot of turkeys. They've just all been in the southeast and mostly in Mississippi until about two years ago. So all these other, you know, kind of rules and stuff, like uh, I, I do have to study up on before I go. Um, so I was about headed up there, and I said, once I get on the other side of Nashville, i got to, you know, kind of make up my mind because another uh, – some buddies of mine from the Mississippi Delta were headed out to um, uh, Colorado, and they had, a, they had a spot to stay too. And I was thinking, they said, come on if you want to. And I was like, well, I might just, you know, hook a – Hook a left on another side of national head that way. So once I learned about Wisconsin, I started driving towards Colorado, and I was like, "Well, I'll get the Kansas. I know of a little spot I can stop at, and you know, rest my eyes for a second, eat a bite, and, and keep going the next morning if I want to." And I'd actually the license from the year prior in Kansas was uh, was good through the next week. I just had to buy new permits for the new season. So, but uh, whichever one is an annual, one of them goes a calendar year, and then the other one you have to buy every season. I don't know if it's permits or license, but one or the other. Um, so I was like, well, shoot, if I hear a turkey, I'll, I'll hang around here. And I did. I woke up. Um, I got there probably an hour and a half, two hours before the sun would have risen. Parked where I, I think I pretty much parked um, a year or two before that. And uh, woke up. Hadn't, I, don't, I don't even think I usually try to put my camouflage on before I take a nap. If I do, sleep in the truck. And uh, I hadn't even done that yet. I was still wearing my street clothes and got out of the truck and grab the cooler, grab something to drink or something like that, and a bird fired off probably 200 yards across the road in front of me. I'm, and, I, and I knew there was nothing between me and that bird. He's going to see my truck whenever the sun gets, gets up. So I, I fumbled around and tried to put on some camouflage. And um, thank goodness, I don't think there was much service there. So I'd already purchased the, the permits for the year because it wasn't – it wasn't a ton of money, you know. If nothing else, I, I, I could I could come back through on my way back to Colorado and hunt it. Uh, a little more expensive to do that, take that route. But um, but I was good to go. And probably five minutes, I'm a camouflage on, got my gun out, loaded and everything, vest on. Um, got in there on him and um, watched. He wound up flying down while I'm kind of halfway between a crouch and a walk, trying to get up there to him. And uh, uh, a hen flew down, and I thought, man, this is this is about to work out as perfect as it can. I'm about to shoot the turkey, walk another 150 yards back to the truck or so, and, and, and head on head on to another state. I'm good to go. And that was not the case. That He and flew down, was kind of walking the direction I was trying to gain myself. So um, naturally, I hadn't called or anything like that, and I was going to just kind of hang tight and see what she did. And um, she kept on walking. He flew down behind her, didn't shut or anything, just picked around, started walking another way. Then I had to call the hen came on in and he didn't even 
but he didn't pay her any mind or me any mind. He, he went to walk in the, other, the opposite way. Um, so wound up spending a day and a half trying to hunt that turkey. And it was, if I would have known that, I would have probably just set my arm about 10 minutes after that and would have never even had to think about it. But it took me a day and a half, shot him in the pouring rain the next day, next, uh, uh, no, not the next day, the day after the next day, about 11 o'clock in the pouring rain. And about where his feet hit the ground that morning, I'd hunted him left and right all down this creek bottom, um, got my tail whipped pretty much the entire time that the sun was up, I was getting beat by this bird and then then wound up uh, calling him in in the rain um, about you know, 30 hours after I first saw him, nearly in the same spot I saw him fly down to. Oh, man. Man, you got me hype. I'm, I'm so ready. I'm trying to get out this weekend and go scout this WMA. I've been pushing it off. I'm like, now I keep hearing these stories. I'm like, I got to get out there. I, gotta. I mean, even though that's man, just going to yeah. set you up for some disappointment in the future, it's still still nice to get out there um oh yeah so hunter i had a question we had another question from one of the the guys in the club um since we're kind of talking a little bit about birds and strategy and stuff here he had he had a question about getting busted um in a particular area uh how long you know in your level of expertise here and just what you've seen traveling all over he's in maine so he'll be east coast um but how long do you usually wait to go back to that particular area or do you kind of just move your setup and kind of stay in that general area or hmm. what would you say? I mean, I've busted some birds that I think back in about 2008 that I still don't think I'd go back and hunt as bad as I busted them. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things that uh, some, some you don't go back and hunt. Some, some, some are, are gone forever. And that's the kind of beauty in turkey hunt. I think you got to be 100%, and 99% won't cut it. You know, it's over with. The game is over. But sometimes that's not the case. There, there's definitely situations where they can kind of erase things from their memory. They're not going to forget what happened. They might, they might look over it. it I, I, I'm trying to think of some of the ones I recently busted. I busted one this year that. This was in Georgia, and I busted him. It was about 10 o'clock on, uh, say, a Saturday, and I think I wound up getting shot at him on, like, a Wednesday. But I did go back. I didn't go back up in there. Obviously, the first thing I want to do is not do the exact same thing I did because um, they're going to catch on to that pretty quick. I, I'm, I'm so cerebral about it and overthink everything, of, you know, changing calls. If, if, if I busted him on this call – don't use that call again. I, I just think that, like, especially within that same week, I feel like they can just relate that to a bad experience kind of deal. Um, it's, it's the same thing. Like you hear a, a certain noise you heard at your summer job in high school, that uh, some buzzer or alarm or something that you had to hear every day. You can hear it 10 years later and it kind of makes you shiver. You're like, huh, just brought back so many just bad memories of having to wake up at three 30 and go, you know, go work and, and stuff like that. And, it's kind of that's kind of how I think about it. I try to change it up a good bit, coming from a different direction. Um, see, kind of tell it. That's when I really rely on their temperature. I don't. I don't like to dictate much for the next hunt or two that I kind of have with them. Let them tell you how they're feeling. And um, I've I've been busted by hens and stuff before. I have busted them off of the tree. I have been semi busted by them like they. They, they top a ridge or top a hill close and they're just way to my right and I can't swing or swap shoulders and they they don't know what I am but they don't know what I'm not if that makes any sense they, they know I'm not a turkey but they don't feel necessarily in danger they just know something's up and they'll kind of walk on back and stuff like that and they don't gobble for an hour or two but it's kind of one of those things I've sat before with a friend and without a friend and just and I don't move until they gobble they gobble again they're comfortable enough to gobble which means i mean they're trying to communicate back to something we might not be you but you know they're they're not you know back on the roost and waiting it out for the next three days they're they're, they're still turkeys and they you know if, if you get scared it, it, it slips your mind after a while you, you still got to live your life and i think turkeys will do the same so um you just got to kind of change it up a little bit maybe back all the way out see which way he's headed and, and try to restart completely um from from ground zero and and um, I've, I've actually, if a, if a turkey doesn't know what I am or it doesn't necessarily see me, just, just tops the ridge and there's not a turkey there, it, as long as I, I kind of give it a second to make him, I don't want to give him a reason to think 
there's something there calling like a turkey, if that makes any sense. Let it let it ride for a few minutes before I make any calls, obviously, um, after he just verified there was not a turkey in this area. Um, if a turkey sounds like it's coming from an area, a turkey's not, obviously he's going to kind of raise a flag. But um, but I'll let, um, let him ease on back, and, and sometimes I'll restart it up, and sometimes I've had him commit back. It's one of those things, and, and I put it back in hands before that that have I know for a fact saw me, saw a silhouette of a human sitting in a tree and just put it back and forth, and I'll put it back and forth to them, and they just kind of think whatever turkey they've been here, and also saw whatever I was, but neither of us felt too threatened to leave apparently, and um, and they'll just kind of walk behind you and, and kind of annoy you, but you know, a lot of times they're just curious and they'll they'll wind up walking back by you in 15 minutes of him wheel if the turkey's uh, homebred with her, you know, you kind of in good uh, in good in good good position right there um so we actually had somebody in virginia throw another question in we're working we got about 10 minutes or so put us at an hour so figured i'd ask this question i think grant's got a few things but um billy's out of virginia and he was curious of what kind of vegetation do you typically like uh migrate towards when you're hunting on the east coast for birds i've never hunted the east coast (laughs) oh really yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't help you there. Oh man, that's interesting. We got, we're gonna have to, you gonna have to hit it up, man. I'm, I'm sending you some pins. I'm gonna send you a couple pins, and when you get a, when you get a, you could probably get to Virginia in probably like twelve hours or so. That's probably within your range, right? Yeah, well, yeah, oh yeah. Well, I, I tell you that I have, hunt, I have hunted Virginia. I hunted there from um, when I was living in Mississippi. I went up there. A buddy named uh, Reeves hunted in those mountains, and um. I didn't even pay mind to any vegetation or anything like that. We were just hunting gotcha. a, a mountain that he got access to, and um, that was it. I spent about 20 hours there, and uh, like I said, it was a beautiful place, but but I, I don't want to steer in the wrong way. I, I'm, no, I'm yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> well, hey, I tell you what, I'll tell Billy. I'll be like, Billy, check in with us uh, in a couple of years, and you know maybe you'll yeah. be a little more versed in it. But he actually had a couple more on there. I might as well throw those in. Um, yeah. But he said um, – do you do you hunt many mountains like as far as like how the Appalachians are? Do you do like hunt mountain I mean, birds often? I always thought the Scutcher Hills, Southern Mississippi, are mountains, and I think their elevation is seven hundred and fifty feet above sea level. Okay. Um, so, or like they're very uh, they're just ridges and gullies, so to speak. Um, but no, I, I definitely am new to the mountain game. It's um. Living up here in North Georgia, in the, the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains, is uh, a complete game changer, more than I thought it would be. Turkeys are still turkeys, but um, their sound is almost it's different. In some, some ways, it's almost uh, I overthink it because I'm, I'm used to Mississippi, really, these birds going in and out of thickets and, and taking, I swear, they'll go underground to come up in front of you. Here, you can see a good ways, and, and it's almost, I, I wind up making it too difficult to... Uh, there is a path of least resistance that is a little more obvious than the next. And, um, and I should probably not write that one off immediately like I would elsewhere. And, um, definitely the, um, the whole deal where you can be on a, a mountain or a, a really big ridge and a turkey be on another one that's really close and the air distance is about 400 yards. He sounds like he's about 200 yards, but ground distance, he's about a mile and a half. So, right. I'll get to walking thinking you're going to close ground on him and like you just wind up going out of here. And and, and, and it's odd to think, especially late season, how the, the leaves on the trees will separate you in elevation from one. Like no more different than like if you were to walk backwards, if you walk uh, below one, you, you kind of can't hear it, if that makes any sense. He's still there and you think he, he left and you kind of come back up, backtrack your way back up the mountain. He's exactly where he was. You just, you know, you've changed in elevation vertically instead of horizontally and you know it's no different you can be above one and not really hear depending on where the sound's going um so it's definitely different and um it's one of those things that um there's good there's there's good things and bad things in mountains i guess you could say the 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 terrain you cover is a little different it's a lot prettier and um the the i like to try to no differently than i would the tangled vines and briars and stuff in the ridges and creek bottoms mississippi is the mountains will We'll have a ravine or something I can try to find that might lead me to the top in a quiet manner where the, the leaves have kind of been washed out. And, and uh, I've kind of noticed that usually the last place water touches on a ridge or even a mountain or anything like that is going to be uh, the lowest spot. So if you walk in that, you're definitely going to be 
you might not be unseeable, but you're going to be in the lowest spot of that kind of general area, and you're probably going to be able to walk to the quietest and then kind of get to a spot of, uh, of higher elevation where you might can work down on a bird if you do hear one. I try to do that before, you know, before daybreak if I can. And um, and then at the end of the day, you just hunt them like hunting turkeys. For sure. And I was going to get back on a more spring legion question. Y'all uh, yep. got much coming out before season or everything else about released? No, we got a good bit still to come. <laughs> um, nice. And that's kind of uh, what I've been doing is trying to get stuff. And we – we kind of, I mean, I think we just kind of got a reputation like our product picture is going to be taken with an iPhone. And uh, if we have any kind of ads or anything like that, it's also going to be from a iPhone with a cracked screen kind of deal. Like we, I just, I don't have time to, to get much stuff done professionally. So a lot of this stuff is sitting behind me right now in boxes that haven't even gotten the tape ripped off of them yet. So we got uh, a lot of uh, new, new hats and stuff coming out. I just wrapped up the, uh, 2023 not so to change edition t-shirt it's going to be we should have those by nwtf some of these hats will have by nwtf and some of them i'm kind of just silently released on the website just to, to run a few kinks out of any kind of snags and stuff that uh like the facebook's and stuff like that'll you know, maybe they'll think you're trying to sell an ar-15 if you put a, a hat on there that mentions shotgun in the description of a caption that it's tagged in you know and it'll take it off yeah there's a bunch of loot and stuff you got to jump through when you're dealing with anything hunting and, and selling when it comes to just ai and automatic stuff when it comes to the metaverse or whatever they call it um algorithms and whatnot so um a few things i've just released uh pretty quietly and then we we just started like a little subscription thing on instagram for like five bucks a month folks who sign up for that kind of get a little bit of a heads up on when the new stuff that is coming um that's the only thing i could think of to, to utilize that to kind of separate some folks who really do want to keep up with us a little more than the average Joe. And I think it's turned out pretty good kind of building some good relationships with them and talking with them pretty regular and, and getting some input on some things we should release sooner and some stuff we should probably not order as much of. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Uh, we're keeping it simple for a lot of it. Kind of, we've established kind of what, what it's going to be. And we just kind of add to the, to that kind of build upon that. So, um, this, uh, this past off season has been kind of took advantage of being up, Till, you know four or five in the morning writing a book is also kind of dealing stuff overseas and getting different things um kind of made over there to be shipped over here to be put together and all kinds of stuff like that and and, and just dabbling into the, the the kind of the manufacturing world and learning how that works and stuff like that and um at the end of the day i think a lot of stuff we just went back to uh just having the stuff kind of made how we usually do because if not i don't know if i'd have been able to figure it out in time to get here by spring so some stuff we backtracked on, some stuff we kind of went full steam ahead, and I think it's going to turn out to be a to be a good deal for everybody once it does kind of hit their eyes. I, I think some some of the stuff they turned out pretty sharp. Yeah, I tell you what, I think man. we're gonna have this release before Nashville. I was gonna say you want to announce where y'all be in exhibit hall or what booth people can find you at. I think we're booth six oh eight, and that's gonna be uh, just the first one you walk into, uh, kind of where you walk into the gates and stuff. We'll actually have a podcast booth right there before you even enter the gate or the registration and stuff like that, where I think country outdoors kind of had that big camper last year. Uh, I want to say they're going to have it again this year. It's kind of right there. The little podcast booth place glass squares. Um, that'll be on your right. So me, Seals or Chase will probably be in there recording a podcast with some folks. If you walk by us, holler at us. And then, um, then you walk through the gate and we're kind of up in the middle on the right side before you, you know, a little transition where, um, used to be where you walk into like I guess the NWTF kind of shop area. I know Woodhaven's always on the the right as soon as you walk in because it's all lime green everywhere. Um, but we're not far from that that kind of right before you cross over into the big big hall. Uh, we should be right there. Solid. We'll definitely put all that in the show notes too to kind of refresh everyone so they know where to go. Um, but Hunter, that's all we have. We're at about an hour here. Was there anything specific that you want to talk about? Man, that's it. I'm I'm down to talk about anything any given well, any given day. We'll definitely love to get you back on and especially once everything releases and I'll definitely be keeping my eye out for it, uh, for sure to check that out. But um I know Grant kind of touched on it a little bit, but we'll close it up. Uh tell our listeners here where they can find you, where they can check you out. Oh yeah, man. Um Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. You can follow Spring Legion, uh is one word. And um it's a pretty consistent handle across all social medias. And then um, personally, I've been kind of releasing a few 
tidbits and stuff like that, some updates on the, as far as the, the new books and stuff like that is concerned on my Instagram, which is hunter.farrier. Um, and uh, we got the podcast, which is the Spring Legion podcast on Spotify and uh, uh, Apple Podcasts. And I think all the other ones, Amazon, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. We're, uh, we're pretty active on there. we got a TikTok and a Snapchat even. So uh, we're all, all of them pretty regular. Nice, nice. Um, Grant, what about you? Do you have anything? No, no, I think we've covered it all pretty good. Awesome, fellas. Well, Hunter, we can't thank you enough again. Grant, I appreciate you also jumping on. I'm super excited, fellas, for this season. Well, let's hit it hard, and we probably won't hear from each other through season, and then we'll uh, we'll come back and we'll tell each other some lies or some, some, <laughs> some tales. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate y'all having me on, fellas. All right, man. Y'all have a good one. You guys are listening to Hunt Link Bus Service Side.